Welcome to the Confident Retirement Podcast. Is doing the most important things alone a good idea? How comfy are you with your choices when it comes to life's biggest decisions? What is real peace of mind with financial confidence and how can you get it? Chris Fleming and Mark Peachy are the founders of LPF Advisors in Sarasota, Florida. On the show, they bring together the best and brightest minds to share with you how to have a more confident financial picture. They empower listeners with simple, common sense and financial wisdom. And now, here are your hosts from LPF Advisors. Okay, hey, I want to welcome everybody to the Confident Retirement Podcast brought to you by LPF Advisors. I am your host here as always, Chris Flaming. And today I have the pleasure of welcoming Marie Tarosian on the podcast. Her self-named accountancy firm based in Florida specializes in helping business owners understand their finances, make informed decisions, increase their business value, and live the life they want. Certainly not the typical CPA. Her personal mission is to live in God's grace, help those in need, and make a difference in people's lives. She's an author and a podcast host, so we are kindred spirits. Marie, thanks for being here, and welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Chris. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, we're going to have fun. It's going to be good. So you have an interesting history. Can you kind of take me through just briefly what led you to where you are today? Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, and again, I appreciate the opportunity to to speak here. Yes. So my I actually uh, came to the U.S. when I was about 25, and I got all my education here at the Florida International University. I got my bachelor's and then followed with my master's uh, over there uh, in accounting. And then I started my career as an auditor at Berkowitz Pollock and Brandt. And you know, as an auditor. It was exciting in the beginning for me, you know, but uh, there were some limitations. Obviously, apparently I have a lot of too much character and then being in the back, just doing the little nitty gritty was not my thing. And then I transitioned. (laughs) The more like the mundane, the technical stuff. And uh, so then I transitioned into private accounting, which seemed to fit me a lot more because I was getting more involved into the operations of the business. You know, um, it wasn't just accounting, but it was actually starting to see the future. I was always thinking about what is going to happen next. So it's one thing we're looking at budgets and then what happened in the past, but now I want to know what's happening next. I want to, you know, forecast, I want to project. So that kind of brought me to a whole new, uh, I guess, understanding of, from an accounting standpoint, we think accounting this box little place, but it's not because once you're in the private sector, you're more involved in every little piece of the business. So you get to see all the different parts of the departments working together, communications, uh, you know, and uh, so which, uh, you know, gave me the opportunity to rise up and, you know, become then I started as an accounting manager there, controller, then CFO managing HR and payroll. I mean, I started doing a lot more things than I ever thought as a typical accountant would be doing. So yeah, and that's kind of uh, uh, in 2018, I finally decided that was it. I wanted to be in the entrepreneurial, you know, journey was really calling me. And I knew there were so many business owners out there that could really, really learn from what I have uh, experienced. And uh, they could really succeed because you know, there's the statistics is that 62% of uh, businesses fail within the first two years. So if I was there, 
right at the beginning that I could save these people from, you know, failing. So that's kind of like my mission, right? Because I want to help people. I want to make a difference. So if I don't have that kind of mission and drive, it, it just, for me, it's just boring, you know? So that's kind of like when I look back as an auditor, I'm like, I wasn't seeing that. I wasn't seeing how I was making that massive impact. But being a business owner now and providing accounting services in a very different, from an advisory standpoint, I feel like I'm actually making a difference. And yeah, and, we'll, and we will get into that, how you do that in a little bit. If you could go back in time and give that younger you some advice, um, <laughs> you know, something you know now that you wish you knew back then, what would that be? You know, I really wish I, this, it's a good, very good question, because one of the things that I didn't know at the time was how much you change as a person and whatever you study is not a limitation. It actually is just the first step because you're always learning something because, and when I was back then, I thought I was stuck in this auditor mode and I could never get out of it and move on to something else. And I wish someone had told me, Hey, (laughs) you can always go and do something else. So you know what I mean? And as a business owner now, I, you know, I had to even learn marketing. I had to learn sales. I had to do other things that was, had nothing to do with accounting and it's just a continuous learning. So I always tell my younger self, just, you're going to learn. Don't worry. You're not stuck. There's always something new to do. Yeah. Keep going. Okay. So then how did you choose your firm's main focus and the service offerings that you do? How did you come to that to that conclusion? <laughs> yeah, that has been an evolution, I have to say. So in the past two, three years, because I initially started as a self-employed consultant, right? And there's a big difference, I think, when people think of, oh, I'm self-employed and then you're a business owner. Because as self-employed, you're just you, you do your project, you're consulting, you finish it, you're done, you go to the next one. When you're a business owner, you're expanding and you're hiring people, you're managing people, and you're building a business, two different things. So the way it evolved, so I started doing my usual CFO controller work for as a consultant. And as I would meet people, they would say, well, you know, do you do taxes? And I was like, well, it's not my area of expertise because I was an auditor. And then I said, well, I'm going to have to collaborate with someone. So if to collaborate, I have to start adding tax services and I've added the different pieces of services and I still couldn't stand out from the crowd. I don't know if that makes sense, but I couldn't stand out from the crowd from a CPA firm, right? Because every time I would meet someone, I'd be like, oh, I already have a tax accountant or I already have uh, someone doing my accounting internally, which is fine, but I couldn't actually express how different I was approaching things Because I was bringing that CFO mentality, I knew all of these other pieces that most accounting firms don't do. So eventually that developed into what I offer now as part of a full process, right? Which I've registered my process now. And then that's how I enter and that's what I want to work on. So the services have changed from being a typical CPA CPA firm provided services to more of a, a robust process to transition businesses and scale them up. Yeah, and we're, we'll get into that in a little bit. I'm going to ask you some of the specifics yes. around that. So what areas right now of your business do you find to be the most challenging? The challenging part is always finding the right clients to work with, right? So there's this mental block, I, I feel, 
uh, with certain inexperienced business owners when they feel that they can DIY everything. And this is almost like a serious mindset issue because I feel like it's been pressed upon people so much through TV shows. You can DIY this, DIY that. There's only so much DIY can be done in a business, right? You really want to work with professionals to help you get to where you want to get to. And that is the hardest thing that I'm uh, that I'm having to find the right clients that have the open mindset to work with someone like me and my team to bring a complete process into their systems and not just think of it, oh, bookkeeping, a little piece of accounting, uh, one little analysis. No, this is a complete system we're trying to bring in place. And it's very different. And it's yeah. a, so it's, there's a lot of education I have to do. Right. Yeah. Oh, it sounds like it. And, and <laughs> are there some areas of your of business right now that you're finding the most satisfying that you're really enjoying? Yes. Yes, absolutely. What I like the most about what I do now is a lot of the marketing, actually. How okay. interesting, right? Being an accountant and then loving marketing. <laughs> you know, doing the podcast, you know, as you mentioned, you know, when I started the podcast with my, my, my tax colleague, it was literally came coming out of, hey, we have such awesome discussions on the phone on our own, you know, using, you know, talking about our experiences. Why can't we just use this as an educational piece and put it out there? And this has been such an exciting part of my business, you know, putting the education of what we know, what we've experienced to put it out there for business owners to hear. And then all the other pieces, let's say writing the book, again, getting everything out, because if I'm trying to make a difference and education is the biggest investment. So that's what I want to help with. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. <laughs> and you, you make it a point to state your vision, which is helping business owners to grow and prosper in any type of economy. And I love that you put your company values on your website. So why was it so important for those to be out there for public view? Yes, because I do like one of the key things is to make sure that I'm attracting the right people to work mm -hmm. for me. That's very important. And I do. My team is uh, small right now, but uh, I have all the right people that will help me engage the right clients and serve the, the clients that we have. And also for those who bump onto my website or are directed to my website, I want them to see the type of people they'll be working with. You know, this is the type of people you're working with. We are not going to disregard anyone. We really want to put all our effort in to help someone actually succeed. Because if they succeed, that means we did our job right. And we, had, we take pride in what we do. Well, yeah. helping other people ultimately helps you. That's the whole concept. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> so you kind of alluded to this, but I'm wondering, are there some common misconceptions that, that people have when they first start working with you or that they just bring to the table when they're, when they're first onboarding? Yes. So in, in many other cases, again, it's like from that initial contact is where the biggest mindset issue happens is the initial contact because everybody thinks that all CPAs do the same thing, you know? Um, and the initial concept misconception is that, that every CPA is a tax accountant. That already is a wrong step to start with. So I always, you know, when they, you know, when I meet people now, I actually had to even change the way I introduce myself. I say Marie Teresian CPA advisor and transformation coach so that they would stop for a moment and be like, what is that? 
<laughs> you know, so that I get a chance to explain what I do differently. So, but yes, that is the biggest misconception that I feel like it's right at the beginning. And then once we start talking and I explain some of the other things that I do, they were like, oh, wow, I didn't know accountants usually do that. I'm like, well, there's not that many that do that. They would have to have this combination of experiences to do that. But yeah, the initial idea is that, and, and every time, whether it's my podcast or whenever I'm you know, invited to, a, uh, to do an interview, like you invited me, that's one of the things that I always bring up. And it's that, you know, most individuals and business owners do not know the real CPA industry. And it's part of my mission as well as another mission <laughs> is to really change how the CPA industry is, is looked at. You know, I want to really make a difference in our industry as well and how we are viewed by, by individuals and business owners. Yeah. And I think of it as, you know, when you give out a business card, if those were even around anymore, if it just says CPA on it, then people just have some preconceived notion. It's very similar in our industry. If it says investment advisor or financial advisor right. or whatever, right. that, that could mean different things to different people, or there's a, a large idea of the, or concept of what those people are supposed to do or how they act or who they are. Yeah, it's a, something that you have to overcome a lot of times with an, initially in the first phase of, of bringing someone on in a relationship. Okay, so Absolutely. What, what do you find is the biggest challenge that you typically help business owners overcome? So you've talked about that initial phase where they're onboarding, you have to kind of re-educate them. Once yes. you get in with working with them, what is a very common or a, a big challenge that you often help them overcome? Yes, so there's different phases. It depends on at what phase I meet them. <laughs> and that could be a phase where one of the experiences that I've had were actually quite quite a lot of them is when they've already had everything fall apart. So I have to go in and completely reconstruct, reconstruct their books, reconstruct their records. Sometimes it's a position where not only it's that, but they might be going through an audit or they're prepping to be going through an audit and there's literally documents missing. Like there's just don't exist. There's no supporting documents. And because I am an, I have been an auditor, I know exactly what they're going to look for. And that's one of the educational and prep pieces that I like that I've input in my system is to make sure if a business owner needs to go through an audit, everything is set up in the right way. So when an auditor comes in and walks through and does all these little controls, testing, everything is actually Perfect. So that's an area that I've hit a lot of uh, issues. They don't, they don't pay attention to that. The other one that I've noticed a lot is when they grow, start growing fast, they get to this between two and a half to five million, let's say, and there's really no budget. There's no real projections. No one's really looking at the control, like the, the costs that are happening inside of the system. They could be actually grossing good revenues, but they're actually not making money. And I've seen a client like that where it had, we had to re completely readjust certain things because there was a lot of costs going out the door. The, the rate, the percentage, you know, uh, markup was not right. There's just so many pieces in there. And the truth is a business owner, unless they really understand all these different pieces, they don't really know what is going on in the business. Just getting a client is only one little, little tiny step. You have to see everything that's happening in, in your business and your numbers first have to be correct. You have to have all the supporting documents and then you got to analyze constantly what is happening in there. If you're not analyzing, you just leave it like that and look at it once a year. 
you're not really going to grow or scale your business. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, it's not the most efficient <laughs> that it can be. No. Right. And so would you say that is the reason why it's really important to have a, a CPA partner on the side if you own a business? Or is there enough, Is yeah. there other really important reasons to have? Is that the main one, you think? So as a CPA advisor, I my aim is to help more than just that. So it's not just being your accountant. It's more like being your advisor. So we'll look at all these different accounting pieces that we want to make sure that you know, the business owner is protected. But we also have created a big network of, let's say, we work with investment advisors, financial advisors, uh, uh, payroll companies that we want to bring into the business owner so they have a full-on resource right there, right? So they don't have to run around and work with different people. We work together as a team to empower the business owner. And that is the way I wanted to set up my, my firm from the beginning. And slowly but surely, I started connecting with the right people and bringing into the fold. And that is how I feel is the best way for the business owner to have the right team with them. Now, let's switch gears just a little bit, Marie. Sure. Do you find that a lot of business owners are unaware or uninformed or maybe behind the eight ball when it comes to retirement vehicles or like retirement planning? Is that, is that just like a, you know, get to that later or yeah, we got to do that eventually or so what's your experience with that? Yes, actually. Yeah. With a few of them, I would tell you that it's, it's the last thing on their mind and I know it's something they should be considering. Um, as a business owner, they can also have, the, let's say, a 401k plan, not only for themselves, but, you know, for their employees. It's a business deductible expense. I mean, it's, a, it's the right vehicle for them to actually set aside money for their retirement. And, and it's a business deduction. So they should be actually considering those things. And a lot of times they don't because they're just so focused in the mundane daily stuff. And there's that limit where you, as you as a business owner, have to start looking at the big picture. And if there's no one there to help guide you in that big picture and say, well, you got to consider retirement plan. You got to look at this. You got to look at your other investment options. Maybe invest in real estate. Maybe if no one's bringing these ideas to the business owner and guiding them that way, they're just going to be stuck doing the little mundane things. And yeah, I'll get to it. I'll get to the retirement. And it's end of the year and the tax accountant might say, well, you could have put some money in your retirement if you wanted to, you know, now it's like a a rush to set up something, right? What can I sell? I I got some money. (laughs) The deadline's next week. Exactly. It's like, it's too late. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Can we file an extension? (laughs) <laughs> so I can do it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So your website says that you specialize in strategic and customized services for entrepreneurs and business owners. So talk to us a little bit about this valuation MT framework that you've yes. created. Yes. Yes. So as I said, you know, you know how my services kind of uh, started transforming when I first started, I, I always thought of customization because there's not one business owner that's similar to the other one. There's not one industry. There's, you know, different pieces of the industry that needs to be looked at. So I had to gauge, so, and I wanted to communicate that, that I would gauge the service based on what they need. And then as, as I started looking at different other pieces of what I'm doing, and I realized there, there's this process that I naturally do. <laughs> I just never really thought about it as, hey, I have a process. And one of them was, and so I eventually put it together and it's basically the process and just without getting into too much details is the basically starting a business with first valuing it. 
this is something that most people are not doing. They see evaluation as a, well, if I'm going to sell my business, then I'll do evaluation. Well, you don't really have to because you can use valuation as a means to scale your business, as a means to get your retirement set up right, as a means to, to make sure you have a proper insurance coverage. So there's just so many different things that you can do with that. So I actually use a software, uh, a software that um, helps me get this information done fairly quickly. And then I said, okay, well, with my experiences, I was helping a client purchase these firms, small firms uh, in chiropractic practices. And I was getting these documents that were not matching. The taxes were not matching the internal book, you know, uh, books and records. I'm like, who's doing these accounts? Like, I mean, what is this? So I was like, you know what? So I had to fix these things. And I'm like, so this is how the process started to show up, right? So it's like, we start valuation. While we're doing that, we're actually looking at the documents. Are they actually correct? Do we have all the backups? Uh, then we look at how is the business operating? Do they have enough cash flow? How are they leveraging their cash? Uh, we'll look at how their pricing is. We'll create the projections and plans for the next three years. And so we can stay on top of what's happening. We'll analyze continuously. One of the biggest things that they don't do, which I really wanted to put this here, and that comes from my audit experience as well, is setting up policies and procedures. A lot of business owners, they don't document their policies. It's impossible. Unless there's an auditor comes in and they do have to write up the policies, then they have some kind of a process. I actually had to help quite a few clients with that. So that is part of the process. So everything is part of that process. And I think what they don't realize is, is that if you systematize and you have those policies and procedures in place, that mm -hmm. actually positively affects their valuation. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. and I don't think they ever connect that. No. <laughs> they just think, oh, this is a nuisance that I have to do because compliance exactly. or something like that. Um, yes. Where it can actually make your business more valuable because then if someone buys it, they're like, well, all the steps are in place. They don't have to Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's turnkey. That's what an investor wants. If someone's buying your business, they want a, a turnkey business. They don't want it to be relying on you and what's in your head. That's not going to be, uh, you know valuable to them. That means if something happens to you, they, they lost their business. Right. Um, so it, we want it, to put that. It's almost like uh, having the mindset that you own a franchise, even though you are just a singular business, but you have to think of it like right. a franchise because franchises right. have policies, procedures, they do everything the same way. It's the same experience and all of that. That's great. And I encourage everyone to go to your website to check that out. There's a lot more detail on there with the valuation yes. MT framework. Okay. So without sharing any confidential information or details, Marie, can you give me a recent example of a situation where you really changed the trajectory of one of your clients that you work with or the good? Yeah, for the good, of course. It's always for the good. Always. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I would tell you that when clients work with me, we put a lot of structure in place. And, uh, you know, one of my clients that I started working with back in 2019, you know, obviously it's an it's a effort on his end because he's great in his marketing and all that, but we also feed him a lot of great information, right? So we're always there supporting him with the HR, payroll, accounting, all these different pieces that we've taken over and we help him. And then this year he's going to be hitting 20 million. So that's a, that's a big jump to start where he was like, 5 million. His books were in shambles. He had just moved to Florida and there was just so much he needed help with. And we've built that trust and that relationship and we keep helping him move up the ladder. And uh, whenever he's ready to sell, he's going to, we're going to we'll be able to have that valuation ready. He has his structures in place and that's what we want to do. We want to help people succeed. That's great. 
So uh, let's switch gears just a little bit. Okay. What What would you say up to this point is your biggest life accomplishment so far? My biggest life accomplishments. So it could, could be, be could be personally or professionally. It's your choice. Okay. So you know, I'm I'm very proud to say that someone who came from a a country that was, you know, a third world country. I was born during wartime. I knew war throughout the whole time. I, I'm born in Lebanon. I left my country at 21, went to Montreal and then moved to Florida. I met my husband, awesome husband, very supportive, two kids. Now I'm able to dream big and be able to have a business. I feel like I've accomplished quite a lot for someone who came from nothing. So, and that is why it keeps me going because I can relate with people who are starting from nothing and I can actually help them get there because my father was one of those people that started his little business back in our, back in our country. He had to switch gears probably two, three times during the wars, you know, just to keep up and, and feed his family. And I was working with him basically doing like, Accounts payable, you know, ca- you know, doing the cash register and all that since I was 11. So I've been in business for a long, technically a long time. And for me, it's, it's uh, so I feel very proud that, not, that I can now help others that could have been similar to my dad back in the day, you know, 40 something year old man, two kids trying to start a business from nothing and, uh, you know, and finally be able to do it. So I'm very proud of that. All right. So outside of your practice, outside of your business, is there yes. something that you are very passionate about personally? Yes. I'm actually very passionate about giving back to my community. And I try to be as supportive of the community as possible. You know, I, you know, for example, I'm, I'm in my, uh, at my church, I'm in their audit committee. I've been a parish council member before I serve at the Florida justice center. Now as a, I was the treasurer for two years. Now I'm the chair and justice system has really failed many people. And for me, uh, someone who has had it, for me, it's like a second chance for me when I came to that state, to the U.S., right? I had every opportunity to, you know, study and all that from a war-torn war country. I see that in here when a lot of people do the wrong thing, say, and they end up in the justice system and then they come out and they go back and they come out and go back because there's nobody to help them. So... At the Florida Justice Center, that's what we're doing. We're trying to help people transition in and stay as great citizens, working, creating businesses, and I'm passionate about helping them. And this year, that's the, the main goal is to actually reach more people and help more people, you know, to stay out of trouble and uh, survive and, and, you know, make this community strong. Yeah, hopefully to thrive because the recidivism thrive. rate is really high, and that's that is a challenge to try to, yes. try to bring that number down. Yes, All right. Um, so, what do you think? Let's look into the future. What do you think is the biggest opportunity you see in the future of your practice? What's the big yeah. opportunity? Yeah. So for me, I'm always thinking beyond just my firm. So I've already put in a few p- pieces of the puzzle. Uh, let's say I'm very passionate about education. Like I kind of mentioned about writing the books and whatever. And right now I'm also launching, which is going to be a secondary business. Eventually I'm launching entrepreneurial boot camps. You know, it's going to be, you know, the first one coming up is March 11th. We're going to go through mindset, accounting, tax, how to set up all these beginning things to make sure they're set up for success, marketing and uh, business development. I'm getting a guest speaker come in. 
I really want to help the community right here, especially here right now in uh, Miami, Florida, where there's a lot of people starting their businesses. And, and I know it's in, you know, all of the United States, but right now here in my, in my community to really help them succeed. So education is a big piece. So I see a future, you know, extension of my firm where it becomes more of a entrepreneurial training hub and specifically in the accounting and finance field because that's an area that I, I focus on, but I will also be able to bring other speakers to help uh, entrepreneurs with other areas. So that's something I'm very passionate about. And it's stuff that they will not teach you at college. I'm sorry. They would just oh, there's, a, there's a lot of things in life that people need to know that they do not learn in school. I think exactly. you, definitely, you definitely know that with your background and I know that with mine too, but you more so. <laughs> All right, so let's flip that question, what do you see as the biggest business challenge or obstacle that you have yet to overcome? Yes. So I think the biggest obstacle is still um, uh, changing the mindset of people about my, our, our industry. And to be honest, a little bit of changing the industry mindset of itself, like the way CPAs view themselves, because that is a big hump that it's going to take a little bit longer to change. Because CPAs always see themselves, because we're public servants, technically, and I don't know if most people really see us that way, but we see ourselves as public servants. We underserve ourselves quite often. We undercharge. We want to be, you know, give almost everything and never receive. But it's gotten to a point where it's actually hurting the industry. Let's put it that way. And that's a big hurdle that I think it's going to be taking a little bit longer for me to overcome because it's a big challenge to change that. Yeah, that's a that's a big challenge, and you're only one person, Marie. And I'm only one person, but right. I'm I'm already reaching out to the right people, and I'm starting to find the the people that are thinking in similar manners and saying, okay, so I need more advocates because we need to help everyone to see it in this different light. Because if we are doctors for business to help survive these you know surgeries of business and making them scale up, so we should be able to view ourselves as as that quality at that high level quality of people. We've put in a lot of time and effort to learn and get the experience. We can underserve ourselves and then compete with each other instead of collaborate. So I've been sending quite a few emails to fellow colleagues and like, hey, I want to collaborate. If this is their service you're not doing, I'm happy to collaborate with you. And let's just really change the face of this industry because it is going to become more of a, an advisory role at the uh, you know down the road. So we just need to all of us be on the same page and not be like different. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're forward thinking in that, and I agree with you 100%. All right. So if people want to learn more about you or contact you, what's the best way for them to do that? Yes. So uh, my website, www.marietorostancpa.com. If you go to slash services, I have not only the services there, but then I have my calendar. They can directly schedule a 30-minute free strategy call with me. And that's the easiest way, I would say, to reach out to me. Okay. Awesome. Again, right on my calendar. <laughs> Right. She makes it easy. You go right there. You make an appointment. By the way. <laughs> awesome. Marie, I want to thank you for taking the time to be here with me today. This has really been a true pleasure. We covered a lot of ground, but a lot of really good information and a kind of a different way to see the role of a CPA in the industry in an advisory role. And I want to thank everyone for tuning in, for listening and watching the Confident Retirement Podcast brought to you by LPF Advisors where we are hoping to raise the retirement confidence of everyday people and business owners to another level, one show at a time. 
Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Take care. Be well. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to the Confident Retirement Podcast with Chris and Mark from LPF Advisors. For more information on them and retiring confidently, please visit lpfadvisors.com. If your ears are pleased and your mind is now at ease, do share the program with your friends and subscribe wherever podcasts are found.